This week on Let's Talk About Mental Health, I'm talking about new beginnings, why we crave change, why we can be terrified of it, and how to make changes that stick. So let's get talking. This is Let's Talk About Mental Health, a weekly podcast about mental health and well-being hosted by Jeremy Godwin. Let's talk about mental health, because the more we talk about it, the easier it gets. Hello and welcome to Let's Talk About Mental Health, the weekly podcast full of practical advice for improving and maintaining your mental health and well-being. I'm Jeremy Godwin. Thank you very much for joining me this week for this very first episode of A Brand New Year and A Brand New Decade. I hope that you had a safe and happy New Year's and that you've started off 2020 with a positive mind. This year, I'm going to be providing you with lots of different tools that you can use to focus on your self-development and growth, and I'm really looking forward to taking this journey with you. This is episode 13 of Let's Talk About Mental Health, or for the more superstitious among you, feel free to refer to this as episode 12a. And this week, it's Let's Talk About New Beginnings. Since it's the start of a new year and a new decade when I'm recording this, I thought it might be a timely conversation to have. So, let me ask you, are you finding yourself thinking about new beginnings? Have you been making resolutions to change and now you're wondering how to make them actually turn into a reality, or even just last longer than a week? Regardless of when in the year you might be listening to this, we often find ourselves in a position where we're craving change in our lives. And the challenge there, though, is that it can be really difficult to make that happen in a long-lasting way. This week, we're going to be talking about making changes that actually stick. So enough with the introductions, let's talk. As I mentioned in my previous episode, episode 12, Reflection, many of us tend to become thoughtful and reflective at the end of the year. And part of that's probably because it's the most obvious end of a cycle that we all observe. And for many of us, that leads to a focus on new beginnings. Now, I'm sure I'm not the only one who has seen a massive focus on social media about the new beginnings associated with heading into the 2020s. And there's a lot of people talking about it and thinking about it at the moment. And of course, that has a big impact on how we think about the idea of starting a new decade and how many of us are conscious of this milestone in the calendar especially given how prolific social media is now compared to the last time we changed decades at the beginning of the 2010s. If you look back on it, back in July 2010, Facebook was growing rapidly, but at that point it still only had 500 million users. And as at 2019, it's up to about 2.45 billion active users every month. Not to mention Instagram, which didn't even exist at the beginning of 2010. It was launched in October 2010, and now it's growing so massively and it's got over 1 billion monthly active users. When you think about it that way, there's a lot of conversations that are happening about the change of decades that weren't happening in that forum 10 years ago when we changed to the 2010s. There seems to be a fairly large amount of optimism around at the moment in relation to the change of decades. And with so many people talking about the start of a new year and the new decade, it's easy to get caught up in that excitement and to start thinking about how you might bring about new beginnings in your own life. So regardless of when you're listening to this, if you're thinking about creating new beginnings in your life, then it's important to take some time to really think about what you want and why you want it before you jump headfirst into action mode. And that's what we'll talk about today. So why do we crave new beginnings? 
There are many reasons, but often it's about the excitement of the new. It's the prospect of creating some level of difference, some level of change in an area of your life that you're not completely satisfied with. Sometimes it might be about improving your life even further, or it might be about addressing an area of your life where you're unhappy. Either way, new beginnings aren't a magic cure. They take time and effort, and they're not always guaranteed to be the best thing for you in the long term. Which is why I believe that it's really important to spend time processing through what you want to change and why before you go rush in like a bull in a china shop. I want to be really, really clear here and say also that boredom is not a good reason for chasing something new. If you think the grass is greener on the other side, it isn't. The grass is greener where you water it. What I mean by that is that newness in and of itself is not a cure-all for everything, because it might not fix whatever is going on to make you feel that way. If you want to create successful and lasting change, you have to dig deep and really understand what's going on inside you so that you can address the root of whatever it is that's making you crave a new beginning. This is something that I've talked about a few times in Let's Talk About Mental Health, this notion of treating the cause, not just the symptom. And we'll talk through how to do that in more detail in just a minute. Before we do, I'd also like to take a moment to acknowledge that the idea of change can be quite frightening for some people, or at least confronting, because we tend to favour the known instead of the unknown. But if you're even remotely thinking about creating change in some area of your life, then there's probably a good reason for that. And it's up to you to determine what's more important, fear of change or creating that new beginning. In episode 10, I talked about fear in more depth, and if you're struggling to push past your fears, I'd recommend that you listen to or read that episode, and I'll put a link in this week's transcript, or you can just find it on the website under episodes. If you've always wanted to do something different, but you've been putting it off, it's never too late to begin. In the words of George Eliot, it is never too late to be what you might have been. A desire for new beginnings or fundamental change in our lives can often come as a result of big events like illness, major events in our lives like marriage, separation, milestone birthdays, leaving a job or realising that you're unhappy in your career, experiencing the loss of someone that you know, etc, etc. These are all things that make you think about where you are in life and where you want to be. It's human nature to want to take a long, hard look at our lives when major things happen, and the temptation can be to make sweeping changes as a result. But before you go sell all of your possessions and move to Bali or shave off all your hair, it's worthwhile taking some time to work through what's going on with you. I recently had one of those jolts when, a few weeks ago, I received a phone call from someone I used to work with to let me know that a member of the team had passed away quite suddenly and unexpectedly. And that was sad in and of itself, but it was even sadder about the fact that it was, you know, before Christmas, he was quite young, he had a young child, you know, and and I feel a bit bad saying this, but I hadn't seen or talked to him since I left in late August. And having said that, it doesn't mean that I wasn't completely thrown by what happened. He was such a nice guy, and it's terrible when it happens to anyone. But as well as being incredibly sad about his passing and the circumstances surrounding that, It also made me start to question everything myself. Now, I don't want to freak any of you out, and I do respect the fact that, for many of us, there is a tendency of avoiding conversations about our mortality. And I'll be really blunt here and say I disagree with that, because it's possibly the most important conversation of our lives, but that's a discussion for another day. But my point here is, when someone that you know dies, 
you're inevitably reminded of the shortness of life and the total lack of control that we have over how long we have. And so it reinforces for you that all we have is this moment, here, now. And so we need to make the most of the here and now. If you're not satisfied with your life or some area of your life, then it's no use just complaining about it or waiting for things to change. Because things rarely just happen on their own. It's up to you to bring about the new beginning that you want to create. So how do you do that? How do you make the most of life now and bring about new beginnings in areas of your life that you might not be satisfied with? Let's get into the how-to part of this episode. Okay, I'm a firm believer that anything worth doing is worth doing right, and part of that involves planning. I know it's a cliche, and I throw them in like all the time in this podcast, so deal with it. (laughs) I know it's a cliche, however, I'm going to say it. Failing to plan is planning to fail. And when we're talking about new beginnings and we're talking about fundamental change or massive change in your life, if you just go in head first, your chances of success are greatly reduced because you haven't necessarily thought through all of the different variables that you need to take into account. So I'm going to walk you through a process for planning. However, the actual changes, as in creating the change, taking action, that can only be done by you. I can certainly give you plenty of ideas on how to change specific things in your life, and I talk about those throughout different episodes of the podcast, but it's up to you to identify what's going to be right for you, because we're all individuals, and so what works for me might not necessarily work for you, and vice versa. Now, before you get started, before I go through this process, I want you to ask yourself a question. Whatever it is that you're thinking about changing, creating a new beginning in, I want you to be really clear with yourself when you ask this question. Does it really matter? Do you need to change whatever it is or do you just need to let it go? So before I give steps on how to actually create change, I think it's important not just to do something new for the sake of it and expect that that will fix everything in your life, when what you might really need to do is just work through some stuff in order to be able to let it go. If you're carrying around emotional baggage, work on that instead of just slapping a fresh coat of paint over it, because eventually your baggage will come back to the surface. If you've got some stuff that you need to work through, take a listen to episode 7 of Let's Talk About Mental Health, which focuses on baggage, and I give specific guidance on how to work through that so that you can let it go. So if you do feel that moving forward with a new beginning is the best choice for you, then go ahead and move forward. So, to help guide you, I'm going to walk you through a planning process which is built around the GROW model. GROW is an acronym that stands for Goal, Reality, Options, and Will. Anyone working in the corporate world will likely be very well acquainted with this coaching model. And even though I left that part of my life behind a long time ago, I still find that a lot of these tools are exceptionally helpful when it comes to self-development and personal growth. Now, the purpose of this model is to get you to work through things in detail, step by step. So it's important that you take your time and don't skip ahead to the next step until you've achieved what you need to achieve in each step. First, we're going to set some goals, but we're going to do so with some deeper thought than just coming up with a goal and heading off from there. Ask yourself these two questions. Number one, where do you want to be in your life or what do you want to change? And number two, and more importantly, why? This is actually the most important part of this two-part question, the why. You need to take the time to really understand why you want to make the change rather than just going into action mode. And why is that? 
Well, if you don't understand what's driving your desire for change, then you're not going to be addressing whatever is going on deep down inside. For example, I'm recording this at the beginning of January, and this is the time of year where a lot of people rush off and join the gym at the beginning of the new year. There's a few memes floating around on Instagram at the moment about gym owners rolling around in piles of cash in January, which is probably fairly accurate. But come February, a lot of those people will drop off. Now, why does that happen? Well, it happens because they're addressing the symptom, not the cause. If you're unhappy with something, you need to first understand why you are in that situation that you're in and then address that rather than just trying to deal with what's going on above the surface. There are lots of different reasons for weight gain. I'm just going to use one that's relevant to me. If you're prone to emotional eating because you're struggling with issues like stress or anxiety or depression, just going to the gym twice a week is not going to make a tangible difference for you, and you probably will wind up quitting. If you want to change, you need to really understand why you want to change and then get into a deeper level of awareness about what's really going on underneath the surface. Which leads me to step two, identify your current reality. Ask yourself, where are you now? And once you clearly understand where you are in terms of your current life situation, and that could be in general, or that could be relevant to the particular area of your life that you're wanting to change. Once you're clear on that, the more important question is, why are you there now? Just deciding to make a change is the easiest way to ensure that your change is unsuccessful because lasting change requires that you have absolute clarity about where you are at this moment in your life and how you got there, because you need to understand the root cause of your situation clearly in order to then address that cause. So take time and really think things through. Dig deep. Now, I've talked about different techniques for that before. Five whys is one of my absolute favorites. If you've already heard me mention that before, great. If not, probably listen to one of my older episodes. It is in the baggage one. Also, you could just Google five whys and it'll give you an overview of the technique. It's one of my absolute favorites. As part of this step, the most valuable thing that you can do for your future self is to spend lots of time in understanding the why part of your current reality or situation. Because you need to understand the root cause in order to address it, rather than just dealing with a symptom of a much deeper issue. Using my emotional eating example from before, you'd be far better off if you took that gym money and instead spent that money on speaking to a professional to get to the bottom of your emotional eating so that you can address that. And then you can go from there because once you've tackled what's going on underneath the surface, you'll have a clearer idea of what really needs to be addressed to create lasting change. Address the root cause. Don't just put a band-aid on your symptoms and hope for the best. I can't emphasize this point enough. And in fact, whenever I'm coaching people using this model, I always make a point of saying to people that this phase of the process, the understanding why, so that you can address the root cause of the situation, this part is the single most important component of planning. And it's where you should be spending the bulk of your planning time. Do not pass this stage and go into solution mode until you really, truly understand where you are now and, more importantly, why. So once you're crystal clear on the why, it's time to move into step three, options. This is where you can brainstorm as many ideas as possible on what you could do to create the change that you're pursuing. A brainstorm simply involves getting down as many ideas as possible without filtering them or judging them. At this point in the process, it's about gathering ideas and no idea is right or wrong. 
take as long as you need. If you're struggling to come up with ideas, do some research. You could talk to someone you trust, read a book, read some articles, listen to podcasts, hit up Google for some ideas, do whatever works for you. You don't have to know how to do something. I mean, I certainly never knew how to do all the technical stuff related to creating a podcast when I first came up with the idea, but I was able to learn. So don't let not knowing something stop you because you can always gain the skills that you need over time. Create a list of as many ideas as feels right to you. I always suggest to come up with at least five to 10 ideas so that you can have some variety to choose from later. Once you have your list of things that you could do, now it's time for the next step, which is to identify what you will do. This is about setting really clear goals. You might have heard of SMART goals before. That's about ensuring that your goals are specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time-bound. So if you have, then you know what I'm talking about. If not, here is a really quick overview. SMART goals are focused on creating goals which have a higher degree of success because it's very clear what needs to be achieved and how you will know when you've achieved it. We often tend to make sweeping goal statements like lose weight. However, these aren't always successful because they don't give us a more targeted goal to work towards. A SMART goal is one that you can measure so that you know when you've reached your goal. It doesn't set unrealistic expectations. It relates to the broader outcome that you're trying to achieve, such as being a goal focused on weight loss, if that's the outcome that you want. And it's time bound in that there is a specific period of time during which you will actively work to achieve that goal. Here's an example. Rather than just saying that you will lose weight, a SMART goal would be something along the lines of, I will lose 15 kilograms, roughly 33 pounds for those of you using Imperial. I will lose 15 kilograms within four months through a healthy diet prescribed by a nutritionist and 30 minutes of daily exercise. Now, this goal is much clearer than just saying lose weight, and it describes what you're going to achieve and how, and you can then measure your success along the way. It's also realistic. Generally, it's considered safe to aim for weight loss of about one kilogram a week, roughly two pounds. And so by setting a goal that gives you four months or roughly 16 weeks, it is a much more realistic goal than trying to lose that amount in half the time. So to create your goals, consult the list of options that you came up with in step three and decide which one or two ideas hold the greatest appeal to you or which you believe have the greatest chance of success and then turn these into SMART goals. Once you've done that, it's then on to the most important step of all, which is to make it happen. This is where the bulk of the work is. Now, to do this, you need to figure out how you're going to achieve the goals before you go jump into action mode. Do you need to go see a nutritionist for a healthy eating plan? Do you need to read a few books about how to tackle all the technical stuff associated with creating a podcast? Do you need to do some market research to identify if your big idea has legs? Whatever you need to do to achieve your goals needs to then be built into your plan. Then your focus needs to be on turning your goal into a set of smaller milestones. So using the weight loss example, if the goal is to lose 15 kilos in four months, then that breaks down to 3.75 kilos a month. And that then breaks down to less than one kilo a week. So by identifying weekly and monthly goals or milestones that you can work towards, you're much more likely to achieve your bigger goal because it's easier to achieve smaller steps. And doing so gives you the momentum to keep persevering. Now, how do you actually do that, though? 
Well, the answer is both easy and incredibly challenging. You achieve your goals by taking action every single day. Change doesn't happen unless you make it happen. And if you're serious, then you should be doing something every day without fail to make it happen. If you drop the ball one day, get straight back on track the next day and focus on the positive instead of the failure. But do take time to understand why you might have actually dropped the ball on that particular day so that you can learn from it and hopefully prevent that from happening again. What it all boils down to is identifying what you want to change, why you want to change, how you're going to create the change you desire, and then making it happen. Often the first step is the hardest, but it doesn't have to be. There's a quote from JP Morgan that says, the first step towards getting somewhere is to decide you're not going to stay where you are. And if you start from that point, then it's a case of putting one foot in front of the other. As Lao Tzu said, the journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. Review your goals and your action plan weekly and modify your plan as needed. Don't just let it go and hope for the best. Monitor your progress and adjust your heading as necessary. Ships don't just point at the direction that they want to go and then hope for the best. If you're not on the right path, that's okay. Just adjust your heading. If something isn't working, go back to your list from step three and try something different. The main thing is to get started. As Plato said, the beginning is the most important part of the work. To wrap up this week, here are a few points to consider. Number one, new beginnings are an opportunity to create the life that you want. But to be effective, you must first understand why you want to create change. Number two, once you clearly understand your why, you can come up with plans that will address what is fundamentally driving your desire. Addressing the root cause will always be far more effective than just dealing with the symptoms. And number three, the idea of change can be scary because it's all about heading into new and unknown territory. But it can also be amazing and exciting because it's new and unknown territory. So don't let fear hold you back from creating the future that you want. As always, I'm going to close out with a quote that I'd like to encourage you to reflect on and consider what it means for you. This week's quote is from the author Mary Wollstonecraft Shelley, and it is, The beginning is always today. Let me repeat that. The beginning is always today. Alright, so, to summarise. If you're thinking about creating new beginnings in some area of your life, then it's important to take the time to really think about what you want to change and why you want to change it before you jump headfirst into action mode. If you address the root cause of whatever is driving your desire for new beginnings, then you have a much higher likelihood of success. Thanks for listening to this episode. I hope it gave you some useful, practical advice on approaching new beginnings. If you enjoyed it, please take a moment to leave a five-star review on your preferred podcast platform. Reviews are important because they help other people to find the show. Next week's episode will be focused on balance. I'll be talking about how finding balance in all areas of your life can serve to improve and maintain your mental health and well-being. And I'll be discussing how to work through the struggles often associated with giving up things that throw us out of balance. I hope you'll join me for that episode, which will be released on Monday morning, Australian time. On Friday, I'll be sending out the next issue of the Mental Health Talk newsletter, which is a weekly roundup of articles and resources focused on good mental health and well-being. You can find that and past episodes of Let's Talk About Mental Health on the website, which is letstalkaboutmentalhealth.com.au. That's letstalkaboutmentalhealth.com.au. 
And you can also sign up there to have new posts delivered to your inbox. Find Let's Talk About Mental Health on social media. I post additional content daily on Instagram, Facebook and Pinterest at LTAMH official. That's LTAMH official. Have an absolutely fantastic week. Look after yourself and make a conscious effort to put kindness out into the world. Because what you put out comes back to you. Take care and talk to you next time.